0: Uh, Right up until 6 o'clock with the drive. Heather and Sean putting a capper on the day of local programming. We will start. Murph and Andy take over from 1 until 3. Here's what's coming up on uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Bill Seals uh, from CycloneReport.com, where he covers Iowa State. He's up first at the bottom of the hour. Adam Emmenecker, brought to us by our friends at G-Migs in Valley Junction. He'll talk Valley hoops with us. Boy, what a win. Uh, Last night for the uh, Drake Bulldogs. Uh, Get it? Evansville doesn't have that shine of a record, but everybody told us leading up to it, not the same team that they were earlier in the year and that looked like it last night. Uh, incredible, incredible performance down the stretch from Aiton Wright, who scored, what, 15 of the games of Drake's final 19 points, something like that, yeah. including that... Crazy shot at the end. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, So that's our number one of the program. Our number two, Chad Leistikow is going to be here. We're going to talk Hawks with Chad. I want to get him in here and pat him on the back, quite frankly, for uh, being named as the uh, uh, Co-Sports Writer of the Year, an award that was way overdue. I was actually surprised uh, that Chad had never won it before, but that one... um, was taken care of, so hats off to him for that. And we'll talk Hawks and Caitlin Clark and the men tonight in Maryland and football, etc. uh, with the uh, Des Moines Registers. Chad likes to before we head to Chicago and catch up with Cappy uh, from uh, ESPN 1000 and Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. That one, while I do that, you'll jump in the car, head over to the well, and... Call some wrestling on 96.9 The Bolt. Tis here.
1: It is. Well, we made it, and state wrestling is here and definitely felt it, dropping Jack off at his preschool down at town at the Science Center this morning. More people downtown? Oh, yeah. Was there? Uh, because first session was at 9 o'clock. Oh, my. Uh, I dropped him off at about 8.45, so we took an alternate route to get around <laughs> that mess and uh, cut over on Keo and went that way because, whoo, there were people and a lot of red when I was looking at the navigation as I was making my way on 235. Isn't then, that a handy tool? Oh, it's so nice. It's really intrudes. I, I, I don't really go anywhere without it anymore, mm-hmm. which I was an where I'm going. Mm-hmm. For the most part, and speed traps. Yes, that is definitely and, nice and to it's have. Spot that.
0: on. I mean, it's right on the mm-hmm. money. I love that part about the the long trip to California. knew where they were sitting, knew when to took your foot take your foot off the, bar- the accelerator a little bit. So, yeah, good stuff. Big night of a big night of uh, college hoops last night. We'll get into that. Look forward to doing so. Um, Uh, By the way, if you're a Hawkeye fan and you'd like to win a couple of tickets... Now, these are men's tickets.
1: (laughs) We don't have any for Thursday. We don't have any
0: for Thursday. We do have a couple. Thanks to our friends, Dr. Stephen Fuller. Fullerdental.net. Fullerdental.net. Go to the Miller and and Condon Twitter account. You can see the rules there. You have to use the hashtag Fullerdental. It's uh, total points in tonight's Iowa-Maryland game. Closest without going over. Closest without going over. Whoever claims the number first, for instance, you want... Do you think it's 133? If you put down 133, but Bill Danklewitch came in before that and grabbed it 10 minutes before you, Bill owns that number. So make sure you check and see if your number is still available and adjust accordingly. Two tickets to the Wisconsin game uh, coming up this weekend, courtesy of our buddy Dr. Stephen Fuller, and only one more set of tickets left, and that's the finale against Illinois. We'll give those away in the weeks ahead. Who is Bill Danklewitch? It's a long story.
1: <laughs> Is this
0: one of those great ones
1: that'll nah, go with you until retirement? Yeah, it's
0: just, no, it has nothing to do with me, other okay. than the fact that I was there and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But, um, anyways, I've heard story. that name plenty of times yeah. in the years. <laughs> so Old Bill. So we're at, we, the bars had closed and it's, I don't know, two o'clock at night. And I, I'm one of my buddies. He was six foot four, 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. And he was going to, he was going to, uh, uh, convinced the the owner of the restaurant that uh, to pick up the tab, oh. and he went up to the owner of the place and introduced himself as Bill Dankelwich from the Winter Plague Blue Bombers, and <laughs> Bill has been part of my life ever since. But he's not Bill Dankelwich. It's a great name. Yeah, Dennis Claussen was the dude that <laughs> pretended he was Bill Dankelwich. I don't okay. know where he pulled it from, but uh, anyway, it's a good one. It is. Hey, you know, real quick, speaking of the bombers, um, I tweeted this out last night. My first sports hero, a Hawkeye legend, at least for. You know, back in the 50s and 60s. Kenny Plain? Kenny Plain died. Mm. Lost, he passed away at the age of 88. And it, I mean, played for Winnipeg, obviously. Mm. But the reason I remember this is I learned my name reading the paper. Okay. Because my dad, Ken Sr., uh-huh. would, you know, sitting on his lap or whatever, three or four years old, would point out into the newspaper, that's your name. And Thank I remember you. this vividly. As as I mean a toddler right um, in the early '60s um, so anyways but yeah Kenny Plain was the quarterback of the Hawkeyes in the '57 Rose Bowl he's an All American I'm guessing he's on the wall yes absolutely um,
1: and uh, was the quarterback of the '57 uh, team that won the Rose Bowl passed away and he'll be uh, the last quarterback until this November that wins a game at the Rose Bowl. That's Kate true. Back to Merrill. We'll we will win that. the game at the Rose Bowl. Well, as long right? as Kate's still healthy, that's, yeah. that's kind of crossed, a big F, right? right?
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah. No doubt about that. You know, let's we'll get to that. it. Was a phenomenal game. Didn't oh, see yes, it coming. Yeah. Didn't see it
1: coming. No, I thought they were in trouble. I did night.
0: too. I thought that this is going to be a tricky spot. Mm-hmm. John Walters made a really good point with us that you know when the Cincinnati schedule comes out and they're seeing the way the season's unfolding and they get Houston. And Iowa State back-to-back at at home. they got to win one. Well, the Houston game got away from them late. Here's here's the opportunity. Blah, blah, blah. John was right on the money. Yes. I thought he made an excellent point. Uh, Iowa State had other plans. Um, but I want to start with the Drake game last night. Wow. Have you been able to uh, figure out what the— See, I have a theory. I don't think that the officials were looking— um at the monitor to see if the timeout came before the shot. I thought maybe they're looking at the monitor to see if the timeout, I don't know why they would call a timeout, <laughs> but they but they called timeout before the play clock had expired or the game the game clock rather had expired. What was it? Cuz we never got a clear at least I, I mean I Logged off at that point. Mm-hmm. There was no explanation as to what it was that I heard. I could be wrong, but what I did see is it went on and on and on and on. I'm thinking you can't take this one away from. Me.
1: So the oddity is there's .6 on this on the clock after uh-huh. he hits the shot. Obviously that shouldn't have been the case. And one of the announcers said timeout that a timeout was called. Yes. So was one of the official blew his whistle. Maybe because it don't they have that automatic when a ref blows his whistle and hits the oh, button? Oh, you're right. It stops Trent. the clock. That's been in place for a while. But on the other hand, if you
0: look where Darren DeVries was on the floor, he was kind of toward the the middle of the the press table, and there was some speculation that it was an assistant coach that got up and yelled timeout, and he's not allowed to call timeout. So I don't know. I don't. But what I do know. Is the basket was good
1: and what a finish. <laughs> so I'm watching Darren right now. He there is no way he called timeouts. He the, didn't, I no, agree. No, looking at the way that he's acting, there is no shouting, right. there's not he's just watching the play. Right. So it, it can't could it have come from a I guess. Uh-huh. But assistants can't call timeouts. That's just it. Right. So now you're ref, you don't know who is saying that. Do they sound similar, those kind of things, mm-hmm. but I it's odd. It was incredibly odd. How about well, drama at the end of that game, though? Did, right? Did the refs just get together and say, "Have a hell with it"? I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. Well,
0: I, then I thought they were going to make him come back on the floor, and then they said, "You know, it's just shake hands. Right. This they, thing's
1: over." But what a shot! What a shot! <laughs> what an incredible oh, shot! What I, a finish! What a game by Wright! We see heaves, but we don't see him off one foot from yeah. the logo. It just—it uh, it was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It was one of those that I was so disappointed I wasn't watching it live. Oh, I did. Yeah, I was. watching You were watching that. at yes, the time. That, yes, we put the kids down. It was yeah. that time, got to it uh-huh. 10 minutes, maybe five minutes after mm. it went final. And it's one of those, you're just kicking yourself right yeah, now. Yeah, no, man. it was
0: it was phenomenal. It really was. Um, and know, how about the
1: shot before that from the Evansville kid? I'll, I'll say. Was that a 28 footer? Yes. I thought, oh, not this way. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. this way. Not in over. And then go into the knees
0: yeah. this one. Um, anyways, uh, we will um, talk more about this game. Adam are coming up. Look forward to speaking with Adam uh, on that game and on the Valley. Man, I'm not sure that the Valley was done any favors last night when Indiana State just got their crap kicked out of them by Illinois State. I don't know. Is that at-large bid that seemingly was out there uh, for Indiana State should they have you know continued to, on their path to winning the regular season and then maybe losing in the final in St. Louis? Would there be an at-large bid waiting for them? Because that would be the only team, Uh, I'm not so sure that that's going to be the case anymore with Illinois State doing what they did. So, uh, fun night in the Valley last night. Fun night in the Big 12. Uh, Look, I I think, Trent, I'm not putting words in your mouth. You kind of felt the same way as I did yesterday. This is going to be a tough spot for Iowa State. Yes. And here's the thing about the game, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this this isn't going to end well. Iowa State forced Cincinnati
1: into 10 turnovers early in the basketball game. They had 12 points. 12 points off 10 turnovers. We're talking about now multiple games forcing 25-plus turnovers. It was amazing. We talked about—could this defense be even better than it was the last couple of years? So they're third right now in the country in defensive efficiency. Who's won? Uh, Houston. Houston still is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty significant. I mean, the gap between them and everybody else Uh is massive. The gap between them and Rutgers, who's second. Uh, is nearly four points. That is as big as the gap between the number two team Rutgers and the number sixteen team, Virginia. So if there's a whole bunch of them in that middle. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean that's year. how big the gap is though uh-huh. and how good Houston is on the defensive end. But not just numbers wise for Iowa State, but this team, they can score with you. Mm-hmm. They can obviously they're so much better offensively, but you kind of put those two things together. Does it make your defense even more elite? Hmm. Because they had to play a particular style to win the last two years. Yes. They were not they, winning they any 88-85 games. Right. It was impossible. Yep. It was literally impossible yep. Yep. for the win against a quality team to win that type of game. Yep. That's not the case here. Nope. They could win in a game like that. Mm-hmm. You get Jones going, as he was in the second half last night. For both Jones. Gilbert, how about Lipsy? Yeah, Robert Jones doing his yes. thing. They can beat you in a variety of ways. We've seen Trey King do it. We've seen Manchilovich obviously have some monster performances. They can beat you in a variety of ways, and you kind of put all that together with this defense. You could argue that this is the best defensive team that they've had over these last three years, which is absolutely incredible. Two years ago, they finished number 5 in the country in defensive efficiency. A year ago, they were 8th, though now the numbers third. were a tick better last year. But offense, 2022, 171st in the country. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: Last year, 114th this year 45th that's all it takes trent it's all it takes and to be a top a final four team historically mm-hmm. if you can be a top 40 team both offensively and defensively your chances of not just getting to a final four yes but winning it all oh my they go up exponentially wouldn't
0: i mean I know Cyclone fans are very excited about this team, and they should be. They should be. I mean, just remarkable what they're doing. Um, what TJ, the buy-in that they get. There's no. I don't. I don't think. And again, I'm not close to it, but I don't get the sense that there's an ego amongst the bunch that they don't care. Who's the leading? The t- Montelovic last night was brutal with the ball in his hand. I mean, shooting the basketball. Ter- Likewise, Trey King, and, and both of those guys have made major impacts uh, about the uh, um, about the game uh, um, about their this their last few uh, games for Iowa State. Major impacts uh, on the game wasn't the case last night. Uh, Lipsy was, was good. Mm-hmm. Gilbert was good. Curtis Jones was maybe the best player on the floor last night. Definitely during the second half. He was incredible. Both ends of the floor last night. Uh, I know the ceiling's the roof. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, 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 where is this? Where, 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 where's the, where do Cyclone fans dare to dream today? I mean, is it legitimate to think that this is a
1: better than a sweet 16 Yes, team? I think that is way too low to put... People talk about the second weekend. Anything short of that is a disappointment. College basketball Oh, they
0: better get to the second weekend, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I well, is this a sweet yes, it's absolutely a sweet Mm -hmm. sixteen team. I Mm -hmm. I think you're you're minimizing what this team is. Just say they're a sweet sixteen team. That's the floor. Yeah. You don't get there. This is a disappointing year. And in a year of college basketball, that is open. Look at North Carolina getting picked off last night. Just look around after Purdue. And UConn. And UConn. Yep. Those two teams. We yep. know Houston playing in the Big 12. Yep. Maybe you put those three together. You scared if you're bracketed up with Arizona? No. Auburn, no. Alabama, Tennessee, Illinois, Carolina, Marquette, Duke, Baylor? No. No. Iowa State doesn't need the three ball to be falling on any given nope. night because they're going to look after it at the other end of
0: the floor. And they've got enough dudes. I mean, Curtis Jones, this, this guy's in the hunt for... Sixth man of the year, T.J. Otzelberger. At this point, got to be is
1: he the favorite to win coach of the year in the Big Twelve? He might be nationally. Might be nationally, right? You are not going to give it to Kelvin Sampson. I don't think they, they so. were this a preseason to top be. five team. Is there a first team big all Big Twelve player on the on on the roster? I mean, would it be Lipsy if there is one? Probably Lipsy, but Jamal Shedd, I think is He's the probably favorite going to be the, the guy, year. guy. Yeah, Dickinson has the points. Uh-huh. McCuller, if he can get healthy, I think yeah. you got to throw him in there too. A crier for Houston. There's another one. Uh, what Pops has done with Texas Tech, I think he's a guy, Pop Isaacs, that's going to be definitely in the conversation. Baylor, do they have a guy? You know, is it Ray J. Dennis? Well, yes, I think it is. Yeah, I, that'd be the one that you'd yeah. point to. Walter isn't quite there yet, but he's going to get there. Mm-hmm. You can see the upside there. There are plenty of dudes, and that's fine. Yes. You, get, you know, all those accolades, yes, you want the accolades to come along with it. Just win. Yeah. Guess what? If Iowa State makes their first Final Four since the 1940s, oh my God! But they don't have a first teamer in the Big 12. It'll be okay. Yes. you'll be fine. Uh huh. You'll take that trade right now. Uh-huh. And if you don't, you're an
0: idiot. Right? No, they would. They would. It's um, it's such a fun team to watch. Well done, TJ Otzelberger. are yes. The buy-in, the respect that they have for you as a coach, and and are willing to follow you the way that they do. As I said yesterday John Walters, I am over, overreacting to the first month or six weeks of the basketball season. When it comes to guys transferring into the program, I think it takes them time. And, and Curtis Jones and Gilbert, both perfect examples. All right, the phone lines are full. We'll get to I want to start with Jerry, who was at the Drake game last night. Or Jerry's got some uh, game info uh, that wants to share with the audience. And the two hosts, Jerry, are a little bit in the dark as to actually what the officials were looking at. So clue us in.
2: Well, uh, what they were reviewing is whether there should have been any time left on the clock. That's what I wondered. Because if you look closely, you'll see that the game clock that's on the screen stops at .6 before the ball even hit the backboard to bank in. So the game clock stopped early. So if you watch them, you'll see they have a stopwatch over there while yep. they're watching the video. So they're timing it, mm-hmm. and they determined that... Uh, time expired while the ball was in flight and yep. before it had cleared the net. And that timeout that you saw the official signaling on the baseline, I saw on the replay Marty uh, Richter was signaling for a timeout after the score because some Drake bench guys had floated out onto the court trying ah. to. I think, save them from a possible
0: technical foul. You know what? And I think one of the, on the one of the
1: announcers actually said, said that. He said timeout, right. and that's where I thought, well, did they call a timeout? But, but he shot? also saw that some of the Drake kids were on out on the floor. Well, and they saw there was 5, .6 on the clock, mm-hmm. and of course, yeah, let, let's not get a T here. Right. Use the yep. timeout if you, or, and do that. If yeah. you look closely at that video,
2: you're going to see that clock stopped before the ball hit the backboard to bank in, so the clock operator had a itchy finger and stopped it a little early and when the officials timed play with a watch they determined that it exceeded the you know the 4.4 uh that was on the clock when they inbounded the the ball good Good stuff jerry Jerry. thank you appreciate
0: that uh you know watching it and and i'm not sure that i've seen the 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 drake's play-by-play team was right by the monitors. Aren't they oh. usually closer down by the bench? Yeah,
1: usually you're usually I mean, over you on the four
0: cart. Yeah, the right. Corner of it. You could see Dorfeld and Admire uh, yeah. looking at looking at the screens. I don't know if they're passing along any advice to, to the <laughs> officials or not. But I was surprised that there's Admire in that D sweater. I wonder if that bad boy. Has he got one more than one of them. Oh, he's got him. Got to. It's good looking too. That's a good, is looking, a good sweater. looking sweater. But it's yeah. got to be a little ripe. If, you know what I mean? <laughs> a lot if of there, trips to the dry cleaner. Ooh, yeah, gotta be. But, uh, yeah, Dorfeld and uh, and Admire had a terrific view. Let's go to Jeff. Wants to talk some hoops, and we're welcome to him to do so. Hello, Jeff. Guys, how are you? Good. Uh, last night, you know, going into that
3: game, again, you touched on it with the turnovers to start the game. We've seen that song and dance, and they weren't making their threes. They're no. like, oh, you know, this game's going to linger, and again... All three of us have kind of touched on it. They can score from a variety of ways. Um, you, you don't know who really the keyed on. You know, they may key on Montilovich, which they, that's happened the last couple of games. But, man, here's the x factor. Ken, I'm going to push back on you. Well, hold on one second. They got killed on the glass. And that's another telling time. You get killed on the glass probably by 15 or so. And, like, oh, man, that they're going to struggle. Yeah.
0: Well, well, Cincinnati owned the offensive boards, too. Yeah. I don't know what the they number did. were, but they did. They had a lot of opportunities,
1: too. Yeah, yeah.
3: A lot of misses by the, a lot of misses point blank by mm-hmm. and, he, and he, it's hard to find a team that shoots worse at the free throw line than Iowa State. Well, since he's worse, it's not even close.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that big kid, I uh, he, B- B- old, Dago, B- he could have, What a
1: horrible free throw shooter.
3: Ken could get up there and make more free <laughs> maybe, throws. Than that guy. Maybe, maybe. what a four, and he
1: could have so, him ten more. And I think he still only would have made one. Yeah. Go so ahead, Jeff. You touched
3: on the, th- you touched on the three point shooting by Iowa State. I'm going to push back. They need to make threes because. If they don't, the defenses are going to sink. The driving lanes, you know, straight line drives, down the hill, that's not going to be there. So when you start making shots like they were in the, in the second half with uh, with Jones, making, I think he made three in the second half, it just opens up everything. And then when they start getting some turnovers and they're getting some runouts, it opens up everything. And you guys aren't the ones saying it. You know, just last night talking about number one seeds, uh just last night talking about final fours, I think it's time to put to bed. Well, you know, if Iowa State's uh, a two or three seed, they get pushed out west. No, if Iowa State's a two seed, they're going home to Omaha. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about? You want to talk about the crowd in Kansas City? You best believe to see the crowd at Omaha. Happy Valentine's Day, Mom. It's your birthday. I love you. Have a good day. <laughs> hey, before you go, what? Oh, what he's, he's done.
0: What the hell is that sound in the background? I don't know. He, he, turning butter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He's never heard. It was just different. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we got a keyword coming up. Let's get Corey in here. He wants to talk Super Bowl. Corey. sure. Um,
4: hey. hey uh, look, Trent. Sorry about your dad.
0: Oh, thank you. you know? I mean, I. He's he's happy. That's yeah. all I'll say about that. Um, sorry about the gift card thing. I. We'll get you hooked up, Corey.
1: Yeah, we're running a little behind on uh, getting the chicken coop. No, no, I get it. I get it. No, I do. I
0: do. I do. But anyway, great
4: game. Um, I know more. I know if it was football season, you'd normally have Mitch on, but you know, football season's over.
1: We'll get him back in August. Don't worry, Corey. I know you Chiefs fans are clamoring. Yep. Yeah.
4: No, I know. And um, I mean, like switching topics for a sec. Like when you guys talk about the glass. I know you guys are talking about the rim and all that stuff, but has there ever been a shot in basketball that has broken the glass?
1: A shot? A shot? No. Corey, I, I no, don't Thanks for the call. I don't think so. Now we've seen Shaq shatter the backboard. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw Shaq play in his rookie year. And At Orlando? Orlando. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. And it was, I believe, the game after. Not when he shattered it, but when he broke it. Remember, and it came crashing down oh like the, yeah the whole stance yes yes it, yes it was like a game or two after that i was so close to actually seeing that really? of course me i was i don't know 11, so the first one
0: old. i remember was uh the thunder um, yes uh, dawkins dawkins yes yeah. that's
1: the first one i remember darvin ham now the lakers head coach okay. with texas tech he had one okay in the final year of the southwest conference i believe they were good that year and uh beat carolina if, if memory serves but yeah don't see an actual shot though that brings it's plexiglass. it's not real glass right very difficult to do that, and do we even get that anymore? I mean, that used to be during the 90s, didn't it seem like? You know what, it's okay if okay we don't get that anymore, for, for safety-wise. The stoppage, oh yeah. yeah, the glass shattering down on people, all those things. Had uh, one of my buddies in high school, his older brother, that played football at Iowa. Mm-hmm. He did that, and it took us like. Four days at Osage 2, get a new backboard, get it back up there. Yeah. A little bit different than what they have set up at at arenas now. But no, no shots are going to do that, Corey. Absolutely not. Um, One more thing on the basketball front. Yeah, Chris Holtman was fired, by the way. There's one more thing at Ohio State. He's done. We talked about Drake. Mm -hmm. That loss last night for Illinois State. What does this do? Beating Indiana State. They're not done. Indiana State's not done, but it's a lot more difficult now. If you're looking for two bids to come out of the valley... They got, Indiana State has to run the table uh-huh. to the championship game. Yes. They can't even afford, I don't believe, to get beat in the semifinals. I don't think so either. Because be, they'll be the one seed. Uh-huh. It would be against you and I or Southern. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a quad two, maybe even a quad three loss, losing in the semifinals. So right. they have to run the table through the regular season to the championship. And maybe even more than likely... They need that loss to come to Drake in the championship. Even if it would be mm. Bradley or somebody else mm-hmm. coming out of the bottom of the mm-hmm. bracket, they probably needed to be a quasi yeah. good loss, if you will, losing to Drake. Their wiggle room is done. No. And they not only
0: got they took, beat. They took money out of
1: the off the valley's plate <laughs> last night by the loot. They got clobbered, and yes. Illinois State was without three starters, Trent. Kinziger went off for thirty one. But Illinois State is not one of those games, well, what do you do when you look at a basketball box score? Look at three-point variance, mm-hmm. right? Well, of course. They, they went 11 of 20 from three. Mm. No. They went four of 16. Really? <laughs> Illinois State went four of 16. And still throttled the first-place team in the Valley Well, maybe they night? shot 45 free throws like BYU did last night. What a garbage game that was. No. 18 of 25. Huh. They just beat, them. beat, yeah. beat Indiana them. State mm-hmm. to a pulp. Mm-hmm. Indiana State was favored by 17 and a half. They lost by 13.
0: Did Iowa State go off? as, a, uh, I mean, did Cincinnati? Were they still favored when they, when the game tipped off?
1: Uh, let me see. Closing it was line was one and a half. Closing line was one and a half. Where are they really? Yeah.
0: Boy, for a while there, I mean, Iowa State's all over them, forcing turnover after turnover, and somehow they're only putting twelve. They only had twelve points on the board. They couldn't make a shot, save their lives early in the basketball game. But it went their way. It went their way. Uh, hats off to them for that. Let's take one more call, and then we'll give you the keyword. Uh, we will get to our buddy. Uh, from cyclonereport.com. That would be Mr. Bill Seals. Uh, Mark joins us. Hello, Mark. How are you?
2: Hey, guys. Hey, you were talking about shattering backboards? Yeah. Do, do you remember this one? Send it in, Jerome.
1: Yes. <laughs> Jerome Lane.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, was that his last name? I couldn't think of what
2: his last It was. It was Raftery, right? And uh, I'm talking back in the 80s,
0: I think.
1: That was Raftery on the call. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, uh, It's Still it, doing it. It, it pissed me. Pittsburgh, right? Uh, I'll defer to you guys on this one.
2: Jerome? Was it really
1: Wade? It was Jerome Jerome Lane. Yep, Jerome Lane. Okay, all right. I'm looking at the highlight right here. Jerome Lane. Send it in, Jerome. Jerome. Raftery. That's where that came from. Yes. You've heard that plenty of times. They were good. They
2: were good that year. They had Jerome Wade and some other guy too. They were really
0: good. Wow, good stuff. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you listening and the contribution of the program. Um, No... TJ's not going to Ohio State. <laughs> he's not. No, he's not going there. He's staying here. He's staying here. His, his, his best buddy hired him.
1: He's in a great spot. Great spot. Here's the call from the great Bill Raftery. Send it in, Jerome. This was what year? This was 1988. With the call, another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it was born. That's the game. I had no idea. That's great stuff. January
1: 25th, 1988. Send it into Rome. Oh my gosh, good stuff. Time for another $1,000 swoosh.
0: Head to kxno.com. You can enter the nationwide keyword check, check at kxno.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bill Seals, cyclonereport.com. He's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1135. The keyword this hour is check, check at KXNO.com. You could get a check for $1,000 if you're the lucky winner of this uh, promotion uh, that ends this week. We've got another opportunity coming up next hour. Murph and Andy with a couple of the drive. Heather and Sean with three throughout their uh, afternoon drive program. Let's get Bill Seals in here. CycloneReport.com uh, Bill, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. I'm not sure where uh, your confidence level was on the, uh, on the Cyclones going on the road last night. Cincinnati just dropped a tough one to Houston on Saturday. Uh, Here comes the other team at the top of the uh, Big 12. They thought that they needed to get one of them. Iowa State had other plans. Uh, Another road uh, scalp uh, for TJ and company joining, what, Texas and TCU, Cincinnati. Uh, Really impressive. Really good win last night for Iowa State, Bill.
5: Yeah, it was uh, coming in. It, it was a tough matchup. And, you know, certainly you, you guys get into the gambling thing a lot, but Cincinnati was actually favored a point and a half in that game. So they obviously saw some things in this matchup that was going to be a tough one for the Cyclones. But again, I, I think one one thing that they've really stressed, the coach TJ's really stressed, is this team getting off to a good start. And I, I think they certainly did that. They set the tone early. You know, much like they did in Hilton against Houston, that was Houston's first Big 12 game at that point, and this was the first time they were playing Cincinnati in a in a conference game as well. And they kind of set the tone early in that one, and that kind of carried through. And and again, I, I think we saw this on Saturday as well. You saw times when it looked like the other team was going to make a run and, and maybe try to get get that back to within maybe three or four points, and they re- it really didn't happen. And it didn't happen on Saturday either. Uh, they were able to kind of stem the tide and and win a win a tight ball game. So yeah, very encouraging. They go on the road, get a win, and if they uh, they can hold serve at home and maybe get another one or or maybe even two games on the road, this is a team that. Easily going to have a buy in the conference tournament on through uh, to Thursday, and in really good position to be regular season
1: champions. Hmm. He, <laughs> wild! <laughs> that, that's where we are out. in this yeah. conference. In yeah. this conference, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Well, one of the guys' inconsistency has been something we've seen a lot through Trey King, and of course, yep. got eligible late last season. You could feel him just kind of feeling things out. One thing I noticed though is TJ. The minute's also yo-yo with the way that he plays. He's not scared. If he's not playing well, he's going to pull him out. What can you do, though, to iron out those inconsistencies? Because to make a run come March, you're probably going to need Trey King to be better more times than not. I don't know if there's anything, any buttons you can push, but why do we see so much inconsistency from him?
5: Well, it just kind of seems like that's been his M.O. from the start, really. he was 0-for-3 3 from three-point territory last night. And in, in an odd way, I mean, he's a big guy. He's inside. and, and In an odd way, it seems like maybe if he can hit a, a three early in the game and kind of set the tone and get some offensive confidence going, it helps him really in all facets. Um, this team, they've got some depth inside. This is a legitimate nine-deep team. Uh, Team right now on game nights, so, so they can they can give Robert Jones more of those minutes. He played, uh, you know, he only played 22 minutes last night. They did tend to kind of go a little smaller last night as far as the big minutes go. But uh, Robert Jones, six of seven in those 22 minutes, he had 12 points and a team high six rebounds. And we we've, we've all you know every week we've talked a lot about Hassan Ward as well, and mm-hmm. he continues to be a, a pretty consistent factor. There in the paint, so there's a lot of different ways this team can play. They can they can go small, they can go big, and maybe they will if Trey's having a good night. But they're certainly not afraid to go small uh, against teams either. Maybe that was probably a reason why they got out rebounded 38 to 24 last night. Was. Kind of rolling with a smaller lineup at times, and it didn't hurt him
0: either. No, it it didn't. Uh, what when, when do you think um, Curtis Jones would tell you that um, his confidence level started to be where it needed to be? Because I mean, the last seven or eight games, he's been on. He's been a different. He's been a different player. Just um, you know, he had a couple of games early, but they were against you know hyphenated teams or teams that uh, you know that that I was by games. Uh, was kind of slow start in the Big Twelve, but then boom, all of a sudden his game has just taken off to a, to a point that you know this guy's going to be in conversation not saying he's going to win it but uh for sixth man of the year in the conference he's playing at that high of a level right now when did it when did the light bulb go on for him
5: well i'm am uh, why shouldn't he win it i think the way he's going this point sixth man of the year he's been as impactful as any of those guys that, that you know the first one coming off the bench and he's on a streak now of Six straight games, storing in double figures. Uh, Such a huge impact the Buffalo transfers made, and he's got a different game than Keyshawn Gilbert as well. So, you've got obviously you've got Taman in there most of the time, but as far as what Keyshawn and Curtis give him, it's really two different games. Uh, Curtis is not one that's probably going to take it to the rack a lot like Gilbert is. He's going to hit you with that you know, that runner from five to 10 feet, or he's going to be a spot-up shooter from three. And and, and really, he's also a guy that, that can defend another team's, one of their top two scorers on another team as well. He's a, a factor on the defensive end, a, a good rebounder. So hey, he's given them a lot right now. And I, as far as kind of when the light turned on, I would say probably about two or three games into the conference mm-hmm. season. He got his feet wet. He saw how things were going to be in the Big 12 and has has adjusted well and, and become a very prominent player on this team.
1: They're fun to watch. They can beat you, obviously, with defense and what they're doing offensively. You know, another guy at times we want to see more, our buddy Jeff calls in from time to time. He talks about getting Monchilovich involved in different ways. Getting him into the high post is is there more that can be unleashed in what they're doing in their offensive system? Because we know he can knock down shots from the outside. But getting him more involved in a variety of ways offensively.
5: Well, I, I could, what I thought last night is I, Cincinnati made a concerted effort to take him mm-hmm. out of the game.
1: Yeah, I agree.
5: Credit, credit to him. He, he plays 35 minutes last night. He's one of five from the field. Kind of an off night offensively, but he's still... Finds a way to stay on the court. You know, it easily, a freshman, one of five, it would have been, you know, pretty easy, I think, for him to, uh, you know, maybe shut down and not give it on the defensive end and and only play maybe 20 to 25 minutes. But he was out there most of last night, was able to kind of fight through it. And he's going to be better for it, I think, uh, as they figure out different ways to kind of get him open, however that might be. And I think there's some improvements to be made in the off season as well for him to kind of diversify that game a little bit more and to where he can be, maybe be more of a creator or facilitator on offense and, and maybe have that run through him sometimes in the half court.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I love the fact that they've lost three games they they'll, they will get to you know make amends against two of those teams one of them Oklahoma, that might have been their worst game of the year if it wasn't that one, it was BYU and they also get them uh, at Hilton, so rematch still to come against both of those schools that beat Iowa State. Uh, Texas Tech, do you think there's any way and Texas decent. We saw them on Monday night. They killed Kansas. I would think that that uh, reverberates enough uh, that they won't uh, the, that Iowa State won't look past the Red Raiders to the Houston game on Monday night. Which means, um, obviously, they realize the, the first place is on the line in the conference. No, look past Texas Tech, right?
5: No, I don't. I, I think that he's got that. TJ's got this team so laser focused right now and, and wired that. There, there is no off time really in this conference. They had, you know, that one stretch where they had uh, the midweek game off and they got a week to kind of reset a little bit. But uh, now I think they're in it here for the for the stretch run. They're not going to look past anybody, and certainly Texas Tech has kind of fallen victim. I, I think a little bit. They've had an up and down season. A team, you know, had their they had their fits with Cincinnati. So uh, it, it's just uh, you know anybody can beat any it, anyone and and uh, it's going to be a tough matchup again I think in Hilton on uh, on Saturday morning 11 a.m. tip off at that it. so it would be interesting to to see how that goes different
0: <laughs> different leading score every night last night Curtis Jones Trey King in the game before Monchilovich, Gilbert. I mean, you got to go back a long way to find Lipsy when he led the team in scoring, and some would say he's been the most valuable right. player on the team. Remarkable, uh, getting contributions. Go ahead, real quick, yeah. Bill.
5: Yeah, I saw, and I saw a, a, a stat too. At twenty-five and one, Iowa State now, when they've got four players in double figures, Jeez, they did that a... last night, and it's it just that's how this team beats you. It's balance. It's you know, a team being connected together, making the extra pass, and and they've got a lot of guys that get in that, you know, that 10 to 15 point range. It's rare they have somebody over 20.
0: uh, Take 15 seconds. Tell us about Cyclone Reports.
5: Well, yeah, certainly uh, basketball. uh, We're into the stretch run here, and Uh, A lot of great coverage lined up for you there. I've got another uh, basketball recruiting update lined up here in about 15 minutes. It'll run over the lunch hour. Feel free to check that out. And then, you know, always uh, football recruiting is uh, a big thing on the Rivals Network as well. So uh, delivering that your way as well. So check us out. Yeah, Cyclone Report. Good stuff, Bill Seals. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Have a
0: good one. Yep, you too. BillSealsCycloneReport.com as we check in on those. First place. Iowa State Cyclones Valley Conversation. Coming up next, Adam Emmeneckers with Trent and I. we come back, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.8. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 And If you're looking to start the weekend off right once it gets around to it, it'll be coming. Stop at G-MIG's Fifth Street Pub for an awesome breakfast. That'll get you going. Breakfast starts at 8 a.m. G-MIG's, located at 128 Fifth Street in Historic Valley Junction. They sponsor our friend Adam Eminecker, former Drake Bulldog, back with us to talk about that game last night. What uh, also the game uh, that may have cost a whole boatload of money for the conference is Indiana. <laughs> State gets picked off by those dang Redbirds, and Adam joins us. Adam Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. Not, uh, don't know what your night entailed last night, but got a little longer watching that uh, seemingly just <sighs> that review go on and on and on. I thought, no way, yeah. they're taking this <laughs> off the board. What did you think when it went down? Uh, and when they then when they went to the monitors, what was going through your mind, Adam? First of all, good to speak. You know, you. I,
4: yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Good, to, good to chat with you as always. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I just kind of mass confusion right so for people that didn't get a chance to watch the game uh Evansville ties the game Drake is coming down the other end after a miss and uh or excuse me after a make a long three by Ben Hummerkhaus to tie the game and coming down with like three and a half four seconds left and Atten Wright who had an awesome second half finished with 26 in the game hits from the logo, kind of like a one-footed runner banked three as the buzzer went off. And immediately there were kind of whistles and there was maybe an indication that someone called a timeout and the commentators were talking about what was the timeout called before the shot went in. And uh, where it landed at the end of the review was there was no signal for a timeout. The timeout was only considered afterwards because players ran on the court so the timeout was to stop a delay a game from a celebration. Regardless, the bucket went in after the buzzer, after it hit off the backboard. So the game was over, but there were a tense few moments wondering if crap is that bucket even <laughs> going to account. What a way to end the game. But then maybe it goes, maybe it counts, maybe it doesn't. So a, a, a gutty win for Drake when they weren't playing their best on the road against an Evansville team that is much, much better with their best player, Ben Humberkhaus, in the lineup. Mm -hmm. He was good yesterday. Evansville was much better than when Drake fans or Valley fans saw them in Des Moines.
1: Definitely improvements, and we're seeing that from a bunch of teams towards the bottom, starting to play some better basketball. Arch Madness when it gets here, regardless Mm -hmm. of Indiana State, Drake, how they are, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not a foregone conclusions. A lot of teams playing good basketball. Bradley's figured it out. Most state with all that talent. We know you and I can be good in stretches. And then some of the bottom teams, this is not just a uh, fait accompli, right, that we're getting Sycamore's Bulldogs for the third time.
4: No, and, and, you know, even so, you mentioned a couple teams. If you think about the bottom of the conference, well, right now, Illinois State is sitting at 6-9. and nine. They're the ones who just beat Indiana State, which <laughs> was a, a tough blow, as Ken mentioned, for the league. UIC, who'd only won one game in conference, won at Illinois State and then at home against Northern Iowa. So they've won two in a row. They only have three total wins Mm. in the league. And so I think to your point, Trent, you know, you look at that fourth through kind of that ninth position, Belmont is, or uh, excuse me, SIU is eight and six, kind of in the pole position. Belmont seven and seven, Northern Iowa seven and seven, Murray State seven and seven, Missouri State, who beat Drake. Six and eight and then Evansville, who Drake barely beat just now by six, six and nine and Illinois state six and nine in that 10 spot. So it is just a mishmash in the middle of the league. And now with Bradley losing a couple in a row, Bradley's now lost two straight. They're sitting at nine and five. And even though their ceiling is as high as anyone else, they just lost at Evansville. And then the game, of course, well documented to Drake. So. Uh, I, I definitely think we're set up for a fun Arch Madness and it feels like we get here every single year.
0: Yeah, it really does. Uh of course Wright's gonna get all the headlines and um you know, Overton was good in the game. Brody's doing Brody things. DeVries did not shoot the ball particularly well from three. Colby Garland might be getting a little overlooked, I think, for, <laughs> for his contribution last night. Adam, how about Garland?
4: I think uh, that's a great call out, Ken. And I, I think it's, you know, the last couple of games, just having Colby Garland. The pace that he brings, both a little bit of freneticism on the defensive end, but also his willingness to push pace on the offensive side and just create. So you look at his numbers in the last two games as he's returned after missing a couple of weeks, total 8 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. And you think those aren't huge numbers, but it is just the extra that he brings in terms of a little bit of an effort, a little bit of pushing the pace offensively, uh, creating steals on the defensive side. When the team gets a little, you know, things get a little lackadaisical, so to speak, or there's a little bit low energy. Colby Garland's a guy that comes in and makes a big play on one end or the other. I think he, in his 17 minutes last night, yes, his eight points knocking down a couple of threes, but I thought timely assists, timely rebounds, and a couple of timely steals that are just really make him an important part of this bulldog rotation.
1: Tucker DeVries has been banged up a ton this season, and if there was ever a time you could sneak a rest, maybe it'd be one of these next two games. Now you go from Tuesday not playing until Sunday, so that will be a help there. Do you think that gets into Darren's mind at all if it's something that they believe could really help him, giving him you know some extra rest towards the end of the season, knowing that the likelihood is they're going to have to win it all down in St. Louis to get into the NCAA tournament? Could that be going through the coaching staff's mind right now? Do we give Tucker a little bit more time off and see if we could get him completely right before we get to St. Louis?
4: Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question and we've definitely seen that more when you're talking about the professional leagues, right? Mm -hmm. If you're looking at though five games to play, there's just, there's not rest in your schedule, right? And for Tucker DeVries, because he's so important to this group, not having him on the floor, like I, I almost guarantee you, Trent, that going into all these games, Darren DeBreeze is thinking, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make sure to only play Tucker 33 minutes tonight, or we're gonna limit him to 32. And then you look up at the end of the game at Evansville, he plays 39. At Bradley, he plays 37. And so, you know, some of that is there's your intent, and then there's the way the game goes because you want to win the game. But you know, I, I think when you look overall, yes, Drake is probably outside of an at-large bid right now for the NCAA tournament. But being at net 50, there's still a lot to play for. As of today, Drake is 52nd in the net. There's still a lot to play for, which could be, yes, win the automatic bid at Arch Madness, but it's also potentially getting into the NIT, getting the opportunity to compete nationally against you know some of the big boys across the country and be able to prove your worth. So every game is still incredibly important. Arch Madness seeding, NCAA tournament likelihood, still wanting to win the league. But also going forward, so I, uh, I have to imagine, unless he can't go, you're going to see Tucker DeVries in uniform with the basketball in his hands making plays for his team.
0: Adam, we've got a minute left. Uh, we, we touched on it briefly. Northern Iowa uh, falling to UIC the way that they did last time. out. Uh, this team has now lost 4-5. or five. I thought they'd turned it around. What's going on uh, with the Panthers, Adam?
4: Yeah, it just, it continues to kind of be that inconsistency, Ken. And, and I was working that game at UIC and I thought there were multiple opportunities for Northern Iowa just to kind of take that game by the horns and, and really take control. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the losses at Drake when you see four out of five at Drake and at Bradley, those two aren't necessarily a surprise. That's losses for almost everybody mm-hmm. on the Missouri Valley schedule, but the 30 point loss to Missouri State. Man, that feels like an aberration. Just throw that game away. Come back a win against Missouri State. The loss at UIC is the one to me in all of that that feels the most befuddling because even on the road, that's still a game you have to win.
0: Absolutely.
4: I mentioned before, you don't want to play a Ben Jacobson coach team in Arch Madness. They're going to be ready.
0: Adam Emmenecker, talk to you next week. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Adam Emmenecker, we check in on the Valley G-MIGS, Valley Junction, 128 Fifth Street, and Valley Junction sponsors.